You know what my, <laughs> you know what the coolest, not the coolest part, but you know what a cool part about these all are? Have you watched the backdrop back here with all the dogs in the courtroom? You notice they all move? How cool is that? The littlest of details here at Hume Lake. Amazing. How you doing, Jeb? Hey, good to see you. All right. Well, huh. how are we all doing? Sleep good? Anybody have a new snorer in there? A few of you all? All right. All right. All right. Well, we had a lot to do today, so we're going to jump in immediately. Can you believe that we are halfway through our journey through Scripture, through God's Word? Through John. Uh, we've been rolling through talking about not just truth, but what? Absolutely. Oh, come on, y'all. I mean, I know we're not that tired. Not just truth, but what? Absolute a little bit louder. Come on. Absolute truth. Okay, absolute truth. Truths that are unchanging. Truths that God set into motion. So far, we've talked about absolute truths about God. We've talked about absolute truths about his word, the Bible. And we've talked about absolute truths about Jesus, right? Now, tonight, tonight, gosh, I'm all over the place. This morning, I want to start out with a game, all right? Let's start out with a game, okay? So here's the deal. Uh, if you would like to play the game, then, uh, then raise your hand. We're going to have lots of people uh, play. Okay, young lady in the glasses, come up here. Okay, come here. Come on, come on, hustle, hustle, hustle. Okay, here's the deal, okay? All right, bucket is over there. You're going to come stand on the yellow dot. That's not Fred. It's okay. You can stand on Okay, okay. Here's the deal. What's your name? Reagan. Reagan. Okay, Reagan, here's the deal. I'm going to give you eight balls. You have to try to shoot them into the bucket, okay? If you make all eight, if you can make all eight, then I got a bag of SPKs right here for you, okay? Who loves SPKs? That's Sour Patch Kids, okay? SPKs. Okay, so I'm going to put it right here as the prize. Here we go. If you can make all eight, then you get the SBKs. Okay, if you mess up just once, the first one, you're out of here. We'll try somebody else. Okay, ready? Go. Go ahead. You got it. I'm not going to make it. Yep. Oh, okay. Out of here. Good job. Okay, you. Come up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Eight. You got eight. You got to make eight. Let's go. What, what's your name? Kalechi. Yeah. Kalechi. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Kalechi. Here we go. Eight in a row. Let's go. One. All right. Oh, Kalechi, I thought you had a chance. Okay, uh, in the hat, black hat. Yeah, run, run, run. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry. You got to make eight. You got to make eight. Come on. This is like a carnival sideshow. Okay, here we go. Come on. Oh, get, get out of here. Oh, my goodness. Okay, uh, yes, in the red. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come uh, on. In the yellow sweatshirt, in the yellow sweatshirt. Yeah, you come up. No, come on, come on. I'm just getting you in a row. I'm getting you in line here. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, here we go. Eight in a row, eight in a row. Come on. Oh, so close. Oh, you missed the mark. Okay, here we go. Okay, in the beanie right there in the end. Yeah, come here. Okay. Oh, get out of here. Come on, come on. Oh, this is the guy. This is the guy. What's your name? Seth. Seth. Come on, Seth. Come on, Seth. Oh, Seth. You just. All right, hands down, hands down. All right, thanks for the sphere. Wait, did I finally call him Spears? I messed up, didn't I? Spears, Spears. All right. All right, so listen, listen, listen. I know, that's all right. You know what? We'll try again maybe later, all right? Uh, in the meantime, here's what I want you to do. We're going to come back to that game in a second. But open up your Bibles to John chapter 8. Okay, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. 
John chapter 8. Now, we just saw this skit acted out in Dogtopia, but I want to kind of walk you through it out of Scripture a little bit. Now, let me catch you up a little bit, okay? We said that Jesus started his earthly ministry at what age? Do you remember? 30, 30 right? At age 30, okay? So Jesus started at age 30. Now, here's the deal is Jesus had been doing lots of miracles, tons of miracles. He had been healing people, and crowds had gathered together to hear him teach. I mean, things were going on. People knew about Jesus. And now here we are in the third year of his ministry, okay? The third year of his ministry. So how old would that make him? 33. Again, this is not math camp, but y'all are pretty smart. Good job. So he's 33 years old. Let's start in John chapter 8, verse 1. Here we go. Uh, they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. And they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, uh, now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone each a such a woman. What do you say? They said this to test him that they might have some charges to bring against him. So here's the deal, okay? There was this group called the Pharisees. You know why they were called Pharisees? Because they weren't fair, you see. Hey! Okay, wow. Still early. All right, anyway. Um, so there, the Pharisees were kind of like these... Um, almost like pastors of the time, right? They knew the law, they understood, they taught it. And they had brought this woman before Jesus who had done something really, really bad. Now, the Bible describes it as something called adultery. And if you know what adultery is, congrats. Your parents have done a good job of teaching you things. If you don't, this is not that kind of camp. We're not gonna talk about that, okay? So the bottom line is that this woman sinned. Okay, and the Pharisees, according to their scriptures, remember the laws, the books that they had that helped them understand right and wrong, um, they looked in there and the, what needed to happen was is that she was supposed to be stoned to death, right? We talked about this. That's where they would pick up stones and they would throw them at somebody until they were dead, D-E-D, dead, right? Anybody know what that's from? Okay, well, we don't watch in this movies here. That's all right, good, good thing. Okay, so, but Jesus, right? So they come, they come, and they, they start, and they say, Jesus, like, we should, we should do this, right? And they ask him a question. But here's the funny thing. They were trying to trap Jesus, right? It's a trap. And they were trying to trap him because if Jesus would have responded with yes, that they uh, should uh, if he says yes, then he isn't showing kindness and forgiveness to the woman. But if he says no, then he's disobeying the law, their scriptures. But here's the thing. Jesus is God, right? This is one of our absolute truths, that Jesus is God. And so these silly mortal men were, had no chance at actually tricking him. But the reality is, is this woman had sinned, right? She messed up. She had sinned. Let's talk about that word sin for a second. Uh, raise your hand. I'll point to you and say go. Tell me if uh, you think you know what the word sin means. What does the word sin mean? Yeah, right here on the end. Disobeying God's commands. Okay, that's pretty good. I like that. Disobeying God's commands. So I like to put it as that sin is anything that's not a part of God's desire for your life. 
Um, you can think of it as this, that sin is anything that you say, do, or even think that's against God's perfect plans for you. So raise your hands and uh, let me know, what are some sins that sixth graders commit? Now, not you, of course, but what are some things that sixth graders do? Yeah, go. Shoplifting. I, I could tell you that story. <laughs> well, actually, it's interesting enough. We're going to tell that story today. Okay, yes, go. What? Lying. I would never lie. What are you talking about? Okay, yes, go. What? Wait, wait, I can't hear. Cussing. Ooh. Yeah, sixth graders cussing. Yes, go. Physically punching and hurting. Yeah, for sure. You know what? Okay, hands down. You all got this. Um, my sixth, when my boys were in sixth grade, their worst sin was farting in a car that had closed windows. Is that not a sin or what? I mean, that is the ultimate sin. Good night. But uh, here's the thing, okay? And I'm sure some of you have other sins that you could list because, look, the reality is, is you all are sick. You know that? And I don't mean in the good sense, but the reality is, is that we're all sick, right? In fact, let's get back to the story. But, but to tell the rest of the story, I need, I need a visual. So where's Chris's group? Chris's group of boys. Can you guys come up here real quick? Come on, come on. Uh, they know who they are. We've talked to them already. Come on up here. And I need a girl. I need a girl. I need a girl. Okay, right there in the blue sweatshirt. Yes, you. Come on up here. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, make it, just make a big circle. Okay, okay. All right, so here we go. Okay, so uh, come here. Okay. Now, this is a visual. Okay, I want you to stand in the middle. Okay, boys, kind of make a little bit more of a circle. Come about right here so everybody can see and come around. Okay, good. Okay, we're going to reenact this. Okay, we're going to reenact this. Okay, now listen, listen, okay? We're going to get back into the text, okay? So here we go. Uh, so here's where we're at, okay? So these guys bring this woman to Jesus because she sinned, and, and they all have stones in their hands, all right? And in this moment, they are about to get ready to throw stones at this woman to stone her to death. Can you imagine being there in this situation? And so these guys are ready. Their hands are up, right? Their hands are up, and they're all ready to stone her to death. They ask Jesus to try to trap him, and then all of a sudden, like Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friends. Anybody ever know who Lee Corso is? Three of you, perfect. Okay, good. Okay, so this is what happens, okay? Look at John 8, verse 6b, okay? Ready? Okay, here we go. So then Jesus bends down, and he wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up, and he said to them, hey, let him who was without sin among you be the first to throw the stone at her. So here it is, boys. Okay, here it is. You can only throw a spear, a stone at her. You can throw it at her, but only if you've never sinned. None of you? Not a single one of you hasn't sinned? And so once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground, and beginning with the older ones, one by one, they began to leave. And so, 
It was just Jesus that was left alone with the woman standing before him. Are you thankful they didn't throw the spheres at you? Yeah. Okay, good. Go sit down. Good job. Uh, boys, I just want to clarify too, we would never throw something at a girl, would we? Okay, I just, I want to be abundantly clear, we would never actually do that, okay? So look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus always had a point with everything, and the point here is actually our first absolute truth for today, and that's this. That all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says literally that. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Raise your hand again. Let's test this. Raise your hand if you've ever sinned. Okay, hands down. Good. Raise your hand if you've never sinned. And once again, you're a liar. Welcome to the club. Okay, you guys are getting the hang of this. Okay, look, we are all sinners, every single one of us. And Jesus was reminding the Pharisees that all of them were sinners as well. All of them have messed up. All of them have chosen to go their own way instead of God's way. In fact, let's, let's go back to the beginning and see where this whole sin thing came into play. So turn in your Bibles, hold a place in John 8, and turn in your Bibles back to Genesis chapter 2 real quick. Genesis 2. It'll be up on the screen if you can't turn there fast enough, but this is literally the first book of the Bible, the second chapter. You should get there pretty quick. Okay, Genesis 2, verse 16 says, and 17 says this. And the Lord God commanded the men, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So what happens is, if you know this story, God created human, uh, God created the world, then he breathed life into Adam, and then he created Eve, and so there's these first two human beings, and they live in this perfect, beautiful forest. There's no sin, there's no death, there's no sickness, there's no illness, there's no sadness. It's a perfect relationship with God. Adam and Eve are sitting there, and he says, hey, I got this forest of trees, but the thing is, is you can eat from any tree that's there, but you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's just the only one. Now, I'm going to be honest. I can sympathize a little bit with Adam and Eve. My mom, my mom makes the most bomb snickerdoodle cookies on the planet, okay? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. And now here, this is the thing. When I was growing up, my mom, she would literally make them like every week. And when they're fresh out of the oven, y'all, oh my goodness, that is like, oh, so good. And what she would do is she had this little cooling rack. She would set the cookies on, and, and it always, she would say, Chip, you can't eat the fresh ones out of the oven. We have ones that I made last week, and we have some left from the week before. You can have those, but you can't have the ones fresh off in the rack. That was torture for me. I mean, you all know the best cookies are the ones that come straight out of the oven, so I sympathize a little bit with Adam and Eve. It was so tempting. Okay, look, let's turn, go to verse, uh, go to chapter three, verse six. Okay, go over just a little bit, because this is what happens. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, they were fresh out of the oven snickerdoodle cookies, and that it was delightful to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it as well. 
Guys and girls, at that moment, at that very moment, that is when sin entered into the world. And ever since then, every single one of us now has been born into a sin nature. We are born into sin. And it's a bummer because in that moment, Adam and Eve destroyed this perfect relationship that God had built with them. It was perfect, and they destroyed it. And so you know what their punishment was, is they were actually um, sent out from the garden. They sinned, and they fell short for the plan for him. See, what I need you to understand is that every single one of us is sinners. We all mess up. We all fall short of the glory of God, me included. Let me tell you a quick story about me so that you understand. I mean, I, I, you guys already saw me lie, but let me, let me tell you how much of a sinner I am. I'm going to be a little honest with you. Uh, my dad's pretty handy with tools. Anybody got a dad that's pretty handy with tools or a mom that's handy with tools? Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, anyway, so, so my dad has lots of tools. And when I was a kid, I always was like envious. I wanted to be my, like my dad. And so uh, one day we go down to a hardware store and we're hanging out with him. Now it's in December. And so I cruise in. I'm like, it's cold outside. I got a big old park on, like I'm wrapped up and warm. And we go into this hardware store. And, you know, when you're a kid, like you see the things that your dad has and you want those things. Like you want to be like your dad as a boy. Maybe as a girl, you want to be like your mom or maybe you want to be like dad. I don't know. And, and so I see this rack of uh, screwdrivers. Phillips head screwdrivers, and they're black and orange. Now, I'm going to tell you this, but I don't want any arguments here, okay? I'm a diehard Giants fan. Look, I love Dodger fans, okay? I love Dodgers, uh, uh, Dodger fans. I love you all, okay? But I'm a diehard Giants fan, all right? It's just the reality. And I see a black and orange. Yeah, look, we're terrible, so don't clap, okay? Now, I see a black and orange screwdriver, and, I, and so I'm over there, and I'm looking at it, and I pick it up, and I look at it, and I, I look at my dad, and I'm like, Dad. I talk like that when I was your age. Dad. Um, can I get this screwdriver? And he's like, Chip, put it away. I have a hundred screwdrivers at home. So I put it away, and my dad's off doing something, and y'all listen to this. I walk up to the screwdrivers, and I look around, and I see nobody's looking. And I take the screwdriver, and I slide it into my coat and zip it up. <laughs> you, guys, you said shoplifting. I think that's so hilarious. That's, that's exactly what I did. I stole a black and orange handled screwdriver. And here's what's crazy is I go home and like I freak out. Because you know sometimes when you sin and you mess up, like you have that moment all of a sudden of conviction, the Holy Spirit's like moving in you and you're like, oh, what did I just do? And I take the screwdriver out and I throw it into my closet and I close the closet door and I'm like, I hope that somehow it just vanishes. Like I was so, well, I have a mom, we call her Susie Cleanup. Because she likes to clean up everything. Anybody got a mom that's Susie Cleanup? Okay. Don't call them that to their face. They don't like it. Let me just tell you that. Okay. And so Susie Cleanup, my mom, is cleaning out my closet that day while I'm at school the next day. And sure enough, what does she find? She finds a black and orange screwdriver. She's like, what's Phil's screwdriver doing in, that's my dad, uh, in the closet? And so she goes and she puts it on my dad's workbench. And my dad gets home that night. I've got baseball practice, and I'm off playing. My dad gets home that night, and he's like, wait a minute. I know this screwdriver. It's not mine. And I know where it came from. So needless to say, little Chip was a dead man. So then, here's what's crazy. So I get home that night, and my dad 
uh, had planned this out, and he brings it out, and he's like, Chip, this is what I found. I start bawling. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I'm like just bawling, right? And then my dad did the most unbelievable thing ever in my life. And you're going to find out what he did tonight. All right? So let's move on. Ah! Ah! They're not the only ones that can have a cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. I will tell you what happened. You can hypothesize and guess. You can come talk to me like during free time or whatever. I'm not going to tell you, but I will tell you tonight. I promise. Okay, let's move on though, okay? I promise I'll tell you. For, for now, what I need you to understand is I am a sinner too, just like you. I fall short of the glory of God. The glory of God is the ultimate prize. It's eternity with God in heaven forever. That's the prize. I had a bunch of you come up in the beginning and play this game. And every single one of you fell short. See, the ultimate prize was a bag of candy. And if you could be perfect, then you would win that prize. However, not a single one of you. And I'm willing to bet that if I brought every single one of you up here, none of you would have made all eight. You, no, no, I know you think, but you aren't, okay? See, the deal is, is that all of us fall short of the prize. None of us is perfect. And the deal is, is in that case, you fell short of, the, of winning a bag of candy, but we all fall short of the ultimate prize, which is eternity with God in heaven. Uh, Romans 6.23 says this, and this is a really important passage. It says that the wages of sin, that means, look at me, that the cost of your sin, the cost of you sinning is death. The cost of your sin is death. Death meaning eternal separation from God. I need you to understand that God hates sin. God detests sin. God hates sin. And when we sin, it separates us from God's plan for our lives. When we choose our way instead of God's way. The cost of our sin is death. And that's our absolute truth number two that we are dead in our sin and we deserve eternal separation from God. We are dead in our sin and we deserve eternal separation from God. The key word there is deserve. See, guys and girls, that's the cost. We've earned, we deserve death because of our sin, because of our disobedience from God of trying to do things our own way. Now listen, That's bad news. And tonight, we're going to talk about some really good news. But for right now, I need to take the bad news even a step further. Because here's the thing. The cost of our sin is what? The cost of our sin is what? The cost of our sin is death. Eternal separation from God. And guess what? There's nothing that you can do about it. There is nothing that you can do about it. That's our final absolute truth of the morning. That there is nothing that we can do to make ourselves right before God. If you can write that down, write that down. There is nothing, nothing, zilch, nada, nine. There is nothing that we can do to make ourselves right before God. There is nothing that I could have done to right me stealing that screwdriver. Romans 3.20 says, 
For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. That means that all the good things that you do in your life do not pay the price for your sin. What's the price for your sin? Death. Let me be specific. The cost for your sins is death. Uh, let me ask you guys, raise your hands if you think you got an answer here. Um, what's some stuff that you think that maybe people do to try to pay the price for their sins? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, in the beanie, go. They pretend to be a Christian. Okay, yeah. What else? Uh, right here, yeah, go. Yeah. Try to be nice their whole life. If I'm nice enough to people, yeah, go, in the pro. They pray? Is that a good thing to pray as much as you can? Does that pay the price for your sin? No. Yeah, go. Okay. So they kind of get on themselves for not being a sinner. Yeah, what else? Go. Going to church? Yeah, okay, hands down. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I've got an uncle, not Rudy, okay? Uh, but my uncle Mark, he, I love him to death. But we've had conversations about Jesus all the time. And boys, look at me. Like, he thinks that because he's a good enough person, like, he'll tell me all the time, Chip, look, I'm, I'm a good person. Like, I've been married for 30 years. I'm kind to my wife. Like, I'm kind to other people. I've never killed someone. I'm like, well, that's good. I mean, awesome. He's like, and so God's going God's gonna to accept me. And I've told him, like, listen, it doesn't matter how good you are you can do nothing to pay the price for your sins. It takes death. Um, and, and that's the thing, too, about like going to church. Like Going to church is good, and I hope you all go to church, but going to church isn't paying the price for your sins. I had a buddy who did something really dumb in college. Now, here's the thing. I know that you all are going to ask me what he did, so I'm just going to tell you, okay? You ready for this? He peed on something in public, <laughs> right? Don't do that, okay? Because this is what happened. He did it, and there was a police officer very close who then arrested him. Yeah, so here is my 21-year-old uh, buddy who was peeing in public and gets arrested and goes to jail. Now, if you don't understand how the system works, is you go to this place, and you can get, you can, people can pay money to get you out of jail, right? It's called bail. And so the, the cost for him to get out of jail was $5,000. Woo, $5,000. And so, so here's the thing, okay? He got arrested. He got sent to jail to get him out $5,000. The cost of my friend to get out of jail was $5,000. Now, I could have gone to the police station and I could have said, look, I've only got $3,000. Will that get him out of jail? Would that have got him out of jail? No. Okay. Um, I could have gone up to him and said, listen, I have a thousand Snickers bars. Look, that's worth $5,000. Can I pay you in Snickers bars? Will that get him out of jail? Would that have gotten him out of jail? No, 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 no. Okay, I, I could have given him my truck. I could have given him my Michael Jordan rookie card. I could, have, uh, I could have given him one of my buddy, other buddies. I don't know. I could have tried everything. I could have put all that stuff together. Would any of that stuff have gotten him out of jail? No. What would have gotten him out of jail? $5,000. That's the only thing. Only $5,000 worked. Boys and girls, look at me. I want to finish with this. The cost of our sin is what? Death. 
death. The cost of our sin is death. That's the only thing that will pay the price for our sins is death. Nothing else, nothing that we try to do good, just going to church, being kind to people, giving money to other people, whatever it is, the only thing, the only thing that will get us is death. In fact, Isaiah 64, 6 says in the message that we are all sin-infected, sin-contaminated, and our best efforts are like greased, stained rags. If you've seen a grease-stained rag, it is gross, it is yucky, it's nasty. And all of our efforts to be good and do the right things that we think will pay the price for our sin are just like a dirty rag. No matter what we do, we cannot pay for our sins. But guys and girls, like I said, tonight we're going to focus on the good news. I want to finish with these two very quick things that I couldn't really fit into the message, but I want you guys to understand this, okay? Number one is this, is that being tempted isn't a sin, okay? Being tempted isn't a sin. I want to be clear on this, okay? Sin is the, the actually things that we say and act and think that, that, that we do, the actions that is sin that is against God's plan for our lives. If I would have gone up to those screwdrivers and thought, oh, I really want one, I should steal one right now, and it was in my head, and I thought, oh, man, if I took it right now, uh, but no, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. I was tempted to sin, but I did not sin. Is that wrong? Is that against God's plan for my life? No, that's, that's good. Look, we're going to be tempted in life. You're going to be tempted to do the wrong thing. So thinking in your mind, oh, I want to do this, or I think I, I could do this, that's not the sin. The sin is when we actually act it out, when we actually do it, and we actually think it in our mind and, and do the action, okay? So being tempted isn't a sin. And then the other thing is, and, and, and this comes out of Matthew 5, is that sin is really a matter of your heart. And I wish we had time to develop this a little bit more, but we don't. But look, sin is about your heart. Like, uh, they kind of alluded to it in the skit. Like, um, th these things when um, sin can be like uh, of any variant of things, right? So like, um, there's this great movie called Pure Country. Anybody ever see that movie? Greatest movie ever because it stars the man, the myth, the legend, George Strait. All right? George Strait fans? No, okay, okay, good. All right, so anyway, in the movie, he tells a little white lie, and in the movie, uh, this old guy has one of the greatest lines ever. Now, I raise chicken. Anybody have chickens in there? Have chickens? Okay, so I have chickens. We have lots of chicken poo in uh, the chickens, and if you've ever seen chicken poo, a lot of times, it's a big old clump of chicken poo, and on the chicken poo is a little white speck, right? Just a little white piece of chicken poo. And the line in the movie that I love is he says... He's telling, he tells George Strait, he goes, you know, it's a funny thing about the little white speck on chicken poo. That little white speck is chicken poo too. Meaning that even though it's not the big old glob, it's not this big, huge, crazy sin, the little thing, the little thing is still sin. It's still what separates us from God. It still brings death. But the thing is, is sometimes, like, it's not even so much the action, it is your heart. And it's your heart that desires to do that thing. And so, so you may not even act it out. You may be tempted, but you think about it in your mind and you play it out in your mind. That can even be sin, even when we think it's little. Like I said, guys and girls, this was not a fun message. And I hope right now you're kind of sitting back going like, Chip, what the heck? That, dude, that was terrible. Like you just told us all about the bad stuff in our lives and what we can't do. Tonight, 
I'm going to bring the good news. I'm going to bring the hope. I'm going to bring the good part of the story. We are going to celebrate. Tonight is going to be the most epic night of some people's lives. So I am super excited to get to that. Bow your heads and let's pray. And we'll move on. Daddy, uh, this morning we talked about sin. And listen, I, I, I know how much you hate sin. That you detest sin. Uh, and, and, and the fact that all of us have done that, we've all messed up, all of us, and we fall short of the plan that you had for our lives. We deserve death. The cost of our sin is death, and we deserve eternal separation from you. And there's nothing we can do about it. But I thank you for what we're going to talk about tonight, that even though there's nothing we could do about it, you did something about it. In fact, you had a plan even before this whole thing started, even before you breathed the world into existence, you had the plan that was set up to save us from our sins. You had the death all set up to pay the cost, to pay the price for our sins. And so for that, we say thank you. We're excited for tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.